from a very young age, I can have, I recall my, my personality developing um, really quickly and um, in ways that were, were very different from other kids, I guess. Like, for instance, I remember at a t-ball game that my dad happened to be at, and I always loved to make my dad proud of me, so um, I was quite the daddy's girl, to be honest. And um, there was a t-ball game, and I slid into home plate at one point because I guess my my big brothers, the, the cool ones, that is, and that means all of them but one, and there were several. But anyway, um, I remember sliding into home plate um, really kind of in a super professional manner. I'd been watching baseball with my brothers, and I, I guess I saw how awesome it was when you know, players would do that in, in a t-ball game. Uh, I mimicked that, and I decided to do that to do that myself. And and then there was the uh, the one beauty pageant that I that I entered, and all the other girls wore a um, one of those big frilly dresses, and my mom had a. Um, a little blue sailor suit made especially for me and I was mad about it at first and then and then I, I guess I, I grew to love it and I was the next to get up on stage but instead of waiting I went up there anyway and um, the person that was um, <clears throat> the person that was the um, announcer or whatever with the microphone told me it wasn't my turn yet, so instead of leaving the stage, I just went to the edge of the stage and stood there in my little pageant pose and waited for the other contestant to get off the stage. So, um, I was never really a, a shy, a shy little girl, and it wasn't just yet that the, um, the things like period shaming, which is, for some reason, does not it's not okay to discuss that, but it, it happens to a lot of women. So, but actually that, that began at, you know, around eight and, um, you know, I, I never talked to people that weren't there or pretended I had an imaginary friend or, you know, so, um, it's kind of odd that a little girl would, would, um, hear those things while in the restroom, but never responded in public or, or never, you know, never, never talk to them, like, and the reason being is that it was primarily in the bathroom at that time, and I don't know any little girl that, no matter how smart they are, that, um, has adults talking about menstruation before they even know what that is, you know, it was, it was much, much later before, before that happened to me, and I was actually later than most girls, and, um, I guess I didn't know what it was yet, but it, it started at age eight. And the reason I'm realizing that is because it still happens today. And, um, it's always the same thing. I'm either placed in jail or, um, or I'm shamed and it's difficult for me to shower. And, you know, that's not just my own moods. No, nobody's going to, going to be that way. And, you know, I, I didn't realize what it was until very recently, but that's exactly exactly what it is so but I actually read that that men are um, they actually fear that some in some cultures and 
um, because it, it increases psychic powers and, and other things like that, which I don't really believe in. But, um, you know, shaming as always, it always has something to do with fear by perpetrators. Now, whether they want to admit that or not, it's always, um, shame is always coincided with fear. I do remember being in gifted class at one point, and then one year, um, I missed it by one point, and I remember the, uh, the teacher taking me outside and telling me that I missed it by one point, and it just crushing me, and um, like literally one point. So, um, you know, they say a lot of times if the targeting isn't hereditary, that it has something to do with something like that, which is, which is why I'm, I'm doing these podcasts. God forbid, you know, I say anything positive about myself because perps will absolutely take that to the freaking bank and make me feel guilty for that as well. So, um, it's, it's difficult for me to do, but it's, it's also kind of refreshing for me to, to remember some of these things and, and, um, you know, it, it was, I was very young when it started. So someone with, you know, a mental disorder would have had all kinds of symptoms all throughout life, you know, and I didn't even have, I was never even diagnosed with depression until I was, you know, um, 18, I believe. And that was because I, I had a fiance at that time and we had broken up and you know, it's, it's typical for a teenage girl to feel those things at that point. So, um, I never really had any, I had anxiety, but it was never diagnosed. And, um, I mean, you know, I guess anyone would, but, um, but that's why I'm making these podcasts because I know that it's, it's either or, you know, it either started a long, long time ago or it started for another reason. And, um, there's not much that, you know, a, a six, seven, eight year old could do wrong or a 14 year old for that matter. So, you know, I mentioned in a prior recording about my entire birthday cake with the pan getting gone, you know, in, in like minutes, you know, the whole thing and the pan was never even found. And um, at first I thought, wow, that's just a weird, you know, it's just something weird that happened. And now all these other things are happening and it's really it's really showing me that it wasn't just something weird that happens. No. My mom was uh, was super protective over me, and uh, you know, I, I I see uh, I see myself, you know, like her in so many ways some days, and. And, you know, when you're younger, no, no girl wants to hear that. But as a woman, you start to, uh, start to appreciate that. And, uh, there was this one time we were having pictures made for, for our ball team. And the first, uh, yeah, this is ironic considering what I was saying earlier, but anyway, Little girls can wear white cotton shorts, okay? I think that was the point I may have been trying to make. But anyway, um, they first told us to wear white shorts and, 
and something, and then they changed it to wear your uniforms, and for some reason, I guess I didn't get the memo, and when we showed up, everyone else had that on, and I ended up with that on, and my mother got really upset, and, um, and, um, she took me, and I, I had my pictures made somewhere else, like for Olin Marshall or something, and, um, she was so angry, because she didn't want me to feel like an outsider, and, um, and, you know, I always have, and I always felt bad about it, because, because of that, and I, now that I see how things are, I should have never felt bad for that, you know, but, um, she didn't want me to feel bad, or, or look like I didn't belong, so, and I can definitely understand why she would feel that way, so, you know, I've had a lot of problems, you know, my, my mom and me, you know, we don't always get along, but the one thing that we always have is no one else better say anything, you know, um, we say whatever to each other, but when someone else jumps in and they start saying things, it's a whole nother ball game, which I'm sure it's the same with, with a lot of moms and daughters, so, that's the one thing that we've always had, and, um, you know, I struggle with, with my behavior as, as I was growing up toward my mom, because I didn't understand the things that, that she went through, and how hard she tried to, um, to protect me, so, and now that I have my own, and, and I understand her struggle, it's, it's really painful for me to, for me to know how I behave to her. So, there's no making that right, and there's no change in that, but um, my behavior change is pretty much the only thing that I can offer her. So, but it's important that she knows that she never had to be like other moms to be mom. I wouldn't have wanted her to. Seems like she did okay. Big brothers um, would um, always play a giant role in my in my life. Whether I was um, fighting with them over the stupid nineteen eighty two phone, or um, or whether they were protecting me no matter what, and ended up getting hurt themselves, which happened a lot to one of them. At one point, uh, I was. I was a little bit mischievous, and I, I made um, one of my brothers a sandwich, but the thing about it was, is I put everything that was in the fridge on the sandwich. I mean, everything that was in the fridge was put on the sandwich, and I handed it to him, like, with this, it's kind of scary, I was so little, and I was like, here, I have a sandwich, and my big brother took a bite of it, and he instantly threw up on the floor, and I just started laughing and ran, you know, I, I was, um, I did things like that, you know, you know, that was the same brother that would, you know, uh, follow me to the woods and try to help me and test briars that broke, and then I would take off, and, and he would be stuck in, in other thorns, and I was already home, and he was still stuck in the woods, you know, so, 
all of my brothers weren't like the one that I mentioned in prior recordings, you know, which is why I've always had a, a different kind of understanding for men because my brothers were not disrespectful or other than the one, um, which I exclude him from pretty much everything, but they were, uh, you know, they were someone to look up to. So I've, I've always loved guys for that reason. And it, it made it difficult because all men don't have uh, the same motivations, you know, that my big brothers did, which was always to protect me. So in some ways that's worked against me, but in others it's, it's been helpful, but I think that explains my, my understanding for, for men, because the early understanding that I got from men other than the one brother was positive. And then when that happened, it, it confused me, you know, to, uh, to an extreme and, and, you know, that wouldn't come out until I was around 16 and the way that it came out was not pleasant. And, and I later found out that that was common um, for it not to come out until many years later and for it to come out in, you know, fits of anger. So that's how it ended up coming out. And um, I even recall at one point calling um, the perpetrator and trying to get answers for why he did what he did to me. And his answer was that his mother had did it to him. And he was so ambivalent about the whole thing, like that, that made it okay. And um, I haven't talked to him since. And that did give me a lot of clarity. But um, I am glad that my other brothers were even, you know, whether harsh, whether pissed off, whether loving, whether protective, they all played that role in my life that was, you know, was very important and is still so important to me today. So, and I may not get to see them very often, but that's, that's relevant to me too, that, you know, that they understand that. So... One of my brothers, and of course I'm not going to mention names because, well, I'd be pissed and I don't want to do that anyway, so, um, and I'm not going to make up names because in my mind it takes away from who they are and, and who they are to me, so, um, it was Christmas once and, um, God, I was super young, but we had, due to the divorce, um, I was living with my mom and my grandfather, so, and my little brother, so, and the elder brother that I always fought with about the phone when I was young, and uh, was always pissed at because he always tried to, try to steer me straight, and that would always piss me off, but, you know, he's as stubborn as me, so there's no wonder, but, um, it was time to eat, and he had came over to get me. And, um, he said that he wasn't going to eat until, until he got his sister there. So, and, um, you know, I remember where we were standing when, when he said that and, and, um, how awesome that was to hear him say that. And so, I'll never forget that minute, but. Almost as uh, 
awesome is when <laughs> years passed and, you know, my, my rebel, my rebellious attitude had, had grown out of control. And, um, you know, I had gotten out of control um, to the point where, you know, bondsmen were coming to my house to pick up my boyfriend and they were spraying the crap on my dogs to, to cause them not to bark and, you know, creeping up on the car to, to pick up my boyfriend. And, and, you know, I would, I would go in as if nothing ever happened because, because, you know, I was out of control. So, um, <laughs> but, uh, my, my younger brother was super young and, um, you know, my mom was upset with me and likely, you know, that she would be and, understandably that she would be and she was um, talking about you know kicking me out and and my younger brother got super upset and he didn't want me to go you know and um, as agitated as they all get with me it's those things that I remember and um, those things that get me through you know no matter no matter what they must think of me now or no matter what I think of me sometimes now or what anyone else says about me, those are the things that stick in my mind. So it's it's hard for um, any target because especially when you know that that people care about you and it doesn't matter if they do, though, in any way other than you knowing that they do. Because perps are going to tell you everything under the sun to make you feel like no one cares about you, that you should kill yourself, and people would be better off. And they're going to threaten all these people that you care about and tell you that you need to kill yourself or they're going to hurt those people. And perps have ran through all my family members literally saying that about everyone, even non-blood family members. So, um, and you know, what am I going to do? Go tell them. I mean, it's difficult because of the way that I behaved when I was younger. So I don't want them to, you know, to thank God she's on another, you know, rebellious fringe or whatever. <sighs> so I can't really say anything in that way. But um, I think this way is probably the best way to do that. I used to get upset when I couldn't go around on the holidays, and whenever I would try to, it would seem like, you know, they just, I, w I don't want to say that they didn't want me to, but it just seemed like, I don't know, something was weird, so, and I used to get upset about that, but now I'm starting to realize, I, I don't want to now, I mean, I want to, yeah, this sounds Sounds like I'm, I want to, but I know it isn't, it probably isn't the right thing to do, but truth be told, <clears throat> that's probably a tactic that's used to make me feel like, to make me feel guilty for, for caring about people and <clears throat> to make me think that they don't care about me, you know, but still yet, um, perps are going to use my desire to um, to not involve anyone in my targeting to kill me, you know. I mean, that's been the main thing that has been used against me, not just with family, with everyone, you know. 
every single person I have ever cared about in my life has been used in one way, shape, or form, either to threaten me with or um, or to induce paranoia or, uh, you know, even worse in some cases. And, you know, I've been told that one day me giving a shit was going to kill me. And, and you know, that's today. <laughs> but uh, what a way to go, right? So... They just want to turn you into a freaking sociopath, you know, crazy killer. I mean, that really is what they want. And people are too busy saying that someone has a mental disorder or there's something wrong with them to be like, you know what? We might have a fucking problem. I mean, it isn't just me, you know, who currently has no job and no place to live, really. I mean, Myron was not, was not like that, you know? And he opened up on the freaking Navy Yard. Like, really? He was a Marine. I believe that's that's how it went. But anyway. <laughs> I mean, God, and I'm pretty sure that he didn't do that out of out of anger. I'm pretty sure that he thought that's what he needed to do to make it stop. And he didn't want to die. So... You know, being threatened with those things and uh, even my, you know, my, my, my family, not just the, the ones I was raised with, but my new family that I had, being threatened is, uh, it's unbearable. Like, I can't, I mean, do they really think that I wouldn't, you know, die for, for them? Because I would, but that would never be for them, you know. And since I've had family members that, that you know, attempted those situations, I can't help but wonder, is that why they attempted them? Because the same thing was being told to them. You know, am I cared about more than I think I am? And is silence in me a bigger deal than what I think it is? I'm not protecting anyone by being silent. I'm allowing the circle to continue. And I don't care if I have to drink a freaking liter of liquor every day. Which I don't want to do because I don't really drink, by the way. But, you know, whatever I need to do to make me capable of of um, doing what I'm doing right now. Don't judge me. On a lighter note, as the rambunctious little girl I was, um, I did a lot of climbing, you know, and I got to say, as a woman, I still do those things, you know, and um, there was an attic in one of the, in the house that I mentioned that I had seven windows in, and I decided that I would get up there. Well, guess what I found? Jars and jars of old coins that were worth a fortune that were in these huge, like, mason jar type things. And I remember one of my brothers starts locking the door. You know, he gets all freaked out. 
And uh, he's, of course, that's the first thing he does is lock the front door. You know, oh my God, you know, we found the treasure. So that's what he does. And I'm, I'm climbing up into this little attic and I'm handing these jars down to my mother, you know. And uh, we're all freaked out like, oh my God, you know, what, what is up there? And then my mom and me went to all these coin shows and we could have gotten so much more out of them, but but we settled for a lot less because, oh, I guess we were in a hurry. But um, I'll never forget uh, how excited I was when I found that, you know, like what the hell was I doing up there anyway? Like what made me even want to go up there, you know, but those are the kinds of things that happened, you know, due to my curiosity. And for some reason, in that same residence, I remember my dad was walking around out in the backyard once, and for some reason by myself, I decided to play blind man's bluff. Like, I blindfolded myself and go out in the backyard. Like, wow, I was by myself. And, like, not even a foot away from a tree, I take off running full blast with a blindfold on and run right into the tree. <laughs> I mean, why? You know, that had happened on several occasions, like, you know, when Red Rover, I don't know if you remember that as a kid, like, playing that. Like, I ran through hands and ran directly into the dollhouse, you know, and get hurt, like, every time. So, and even as I got older, I was, uh, I was a cheerleader and had all these, I, I was not clumsy, but in every other aspect of my life, I was super clumsy. At one point, I was about 16 and had a dress on. We lived, um, we lived close to Lakeside Bar, and we had a swing out front, and there was, why would I notice this? There was a string hanging from the top of the swing in the front yard, and the lake was right there where there were boaters and everything, and I was all dressed up in this green and white dress, and for some strange reason, I look up and I see that string, and I think, you know, I need to get that down. That don't need to be there. And my mom is washing dishes in the in the kitchen, and there's a window there, so she can see me, of course. So I climb up in my pretty dress onto the swing that's swinging back and forth, and I reach up to get the swing or string, and I fall. Well, the swing swings back and up and hits me in the head. After I'm on the ground, and my mom is seeing the whole thing while she's washing dishes, and not only that, but there are some boaters that are on the lake that also see me, you know, and I, <laughs> oh my God, like, why did I care about that stupid string in a little cute dress? But that stuff has always kind of happened to me, other than during, like, softball or cheerleading or you know, any time like that, I was, you know, I was very coordinated, but otherwise, not so much. And as I would get older, you know, that same area would be knocked the hell out of. I had a boyfriend at one point where we were arguing, and I rushed into the bathroom to get away from the argument. And mind you, these apartments were old. It was actually the apartment where I ended up being drugged, and I was out for three days. And uh, ended up at the sea shelter, and my face was burned, and would have been way worse burned if um, 
if my boyfriend at the time hadn't, for some reason, told me to wipe off my face when I was, I had no idea what was going on. Like, I, I vaguely remember that, but I went, I got up and I did it. And, but yet when I got to the sea shelter, my face was still very burned. Not as bad as it would have been, but it, it was, it was burned. And I think I was around 30 at that time. Go figure. But anyway, um, we were arguing and I went to the bathroom and the doors were at that time, you know, back in those days, they're solid wood. And, um, he meant to just, uh, you know, open the door, like knock into the door, but I was right in front of it. So it hit me right in the head, you know, right, um, in the top of my head. And it made this scar and blood was all over my face and, you know, um, it was a horrible scene, but I didn't go to the hospital and um, didn't call police. And um, actually, I think I, I chewed on like a a tiny piece of a morphine patch every day to uh, to keep me from having any pain. And that and that's about it. So the same area that the freaking swing hit me. <laughs> And uh, perps will, will frequently use the fact that, you know, my face was burned and how hard I try to cover that up, you know. But it's, if I were to show it to someone, it's 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 obvious. But um, I try to use that to make me self-conscious, you know. And, uh, and it makes not being able to wear makeup due to the fact that I can't concentrate even harder, you know. But that's one of the things that's used to make me super self-conscious. So I figure this stuff loses its power, you know. No matter what kind of state of mind I need to be in to accept it, it uh, doesn't change the facts and it doesn't change the uh, ability for other people to relate to me in, in that sense either, so... The thing is, you know what torture does? It jogs memories. And in cases where um, the survivor is guilty, you know, maybe they would be desperate enough to uh, have false memories and say anything to uh, stop it. But when the survivor isn't guilty and the survivor is desperate to uh, for the truth to come out, it's much different. And... Uh, it does exactly what's happening to me right now.